Hey folks, don't skip this. I'm trying to give you a game. We have a giveaway going on on Instagram right now. If you guys go on there, actually on Twitter too. If you go on there and you get in there, there are not that many people. Apparently we're not very popular. You get on there, you uh, share. There's, there's multiple ways to enter. You just have to do one basic one or all of them to increase your chances. Get on there and we're giving away a copy of Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion anywhere in the world. You just get on there, join in on Instagram and Twitter, look for the recent giveaway post, and you have a really good chance to win that game. So uh, you do that. We're on Instagram at Tabletop Sessions, and we're on Twitter at TT Sessions QA. Uh, take care. Enjoy the episode. We got a no. surprise at the end. All right. Enjoy it. I'm going to trade you two sheep for that wood. Tell me, honey, does that sound good? All I really want to do Is take away longest road from you Yeah Welcome to these tabletop sessions Welcome to the welcome to the Welcome to these tabletop sessions Hello fellow gregarious geeks and gamers Welcome to the 29th episode of the Tabletop Sessions podcast where we talk about all things tabletop related that have been occupying the hearts and minds of this international group of gamers over the course of the last three weeks. My name is Elias, and with me this week, did you know that seven straight cuts through a pizza can divide it into as many as 29 pieces? Anyway, pizza's good. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hello. Wait, how does that work? I thought it has to be an even number. No, I, th- I don't you think cut. you're actually cutting from the center out. I think it's like like one line and then you do like a, a square. In Zigzag the a little <laughs> here and you, there. You suck at the pentagram. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember when you used to put an effort into your greetings? Now you just all yeah. say, hi, guys. And then I say, say, bye, guys. And you say, bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said, bye, guys. <laughs> Congratulations, like you were lazy from the beginning. <laughs> I mean, uh, I feel like that's I need what to my get teacher said. <laughs> uh, so, my name is Ippo. And, and I like Zippo. And- <laughs> my name is Baron, and I also uh, like pizza. <laughs> no, I don't like I 29 s- pieces of it. Well, I think 29 uh, pieces or five pieces. If it's one pizza, it's one pizza. Exactly. It reminds me of that old joke where the guy goes um, at the pizza parlor. He asks the kid, uh, do you want me to cut your pizza into six pieces or eight pieces? And the kid says, six pieces, I'm on a diet. (laughs) (laughs) That's a terrible joke. It's a great joke. I read it in Archie Comics. (laughs) Guys, what's the difference between Chicago pizza and uh, New York pizza? New York is thin. Chicago is deep dish. It's a pie. It's not really a pizza. New York, you can fold it in half. It's not just that. It's super thick. It's like three, four inches thick. And first they put the crust. Then they put the meat. No, the cheese. Then the, or the meat, then the cheese. Then they put the sauce on top and then they bake it. And it's not a pizza. It's, it's a pizza pie. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not a pizza. It's delicious. I've never like, actually had deep dish. Man, the first time I had deep dish in Chicago, when we got back to Ohio, it was the first time we ever ordered food online from another city. 
So apparently, um, this restaurant, I can't remember the name. It was a famous one in Chicago, Chain. You could go on their website and you could order it and they would send them frozen to your house, wherever you are in the States. So they sent us a bunch wow. of frozen ones. We paid for them, obviously. And then we we baked them and it was nowhere near as good <laughs> as when I had it. it, it <laughs> of course it wasn't. Yeah, it's, no. it's all about temperature control. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Also, I'm sure like wood-fired ovens and stuff have a big impact on what's happening instead of sticking it in the fucking shitty oven in my college apartment. So, yeah. So, guys, guys, <laughs> speaking speaking about Chicago, I was playing City of the Big Shoulders. Wow! 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 I'm so link. impressed. That was so good. I was like, "What is happening?" It's so good. <laughs> so, uh, I guess you uh, already understand that this is a game about Chicago. Actually, it's about the rebuilding of Chicago after the fire of 1871. I don't know if you knew about this uh, big fire no. in Chicago. Of, you don't? of course I did. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I also knew. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> so the game is a knockoff of uh, an 18xx game. Uh, you start a corporation that needs workers and resources to operate, and you upgrade them with machines, salesmen, and managers. Many people will say that managers are not really upgrading a corporation, but that's another story. <laughs> so you... <laughs> Poor Joe. Poor Joe. <laughs> Five out of ten at best. It's a corporate job. Aren't you a manager, Ipo? <laughs> yes. That's, that's why it was a joke. Anyway, okay. You know, everyone says it's a good joke when you have to explain it afterwards. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. True, totally true. So you are getting all this stuff in a worker placement environment this time. That's the difference between an 18xx and this game. In the 18xx part of the game, you choose your company's starting stock price. The stock price fluctuates in the end of its round, depending on whether you withhold its income or pay dividends to the stakeholders. So in a typical 1846 race to the midway way for the people that have played this uh, game. Midwest. So how? It's Midwest. What did I say? Yeah, Midwest. You said Midway, as in the USS Midway, <laughs> which was the aircraft, it's, it's a, which was the aircraft carrier that they, they used in World <laughs> War II in the Pacific. I, I want, I want 1836, it, uh, the race for the midwives. Also, also uh, <laughs> another nerd fact, um, Project Midway was the code Microsoft used when they were secretly developing the Xbox because it was supposed to take on the PlayStation, which again is Japanese, just like the USS Midway was the aircraft carrier oh. that was supposed to oh take on goodness. the Japanese in World oh. War II. Man, oh my goodness. stick around, you'll learn something. Layered. Stick around, stick around. Oh. <laughs> this is a this podcast really is that, brought though. to you it's by I'm not an idiot. The More You Know <laughs> from PBS. <laughs> I'm learning so, so many things in this podcast. Just, I'll keep them anyway, coming. I'll keep them coming. I was trying to say in a race to the Midwest way. But mm. anyways. So there are five rounds in the game with a stock round following each one of them. In a stock round, you buy and sell stocks. And that's the whole game. So what? <laughs> <laughs> we felt like it was the beginning of like the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> so what I like and don't like in this game, I love that it's a fun Euro XX that 
really opens the door to a new mixed genre. And I'd love to see designers exploiting these uh, brands because I haven't seen any other games like it, like Euro 18xx. Uh, I love that you get the 18xx joy in much less time. I think a game can, uh, uh, can be usually around two hours with four players, while in an 18xx you need uh, the whole uh, fucking day, I would say. No? Sorry, okay, can, can I jump in on at that? At least half the day. So 18 Lilliput's about two hours, right? Two to three hours. Oh, right, yeah. So, like, do you get more... Do you feel like if you wanted an 18xx in that amount of time, you would jump to City of the Big Shoulders or, or 18 Lilliput? That's an excellent question. Your, your answer should uh, be the, variety is the spice I, of I, life. I'd, li- I'd like to answer that question. Ooh, yeah, please go for 18 Lilliput because that's the only one that's an 18xx. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Byron, if somebody asks you what's the benefit of playing uh, City of the Big Shoulders instead of 80 in uh, Lilliput, what would you say? Okay, I would say it's a, it's a different type of game entirely. It's like comparing uh, Dungeons and Dragons to uh, Twilight Imperium. They're completely different games. It bor- the only thing it borrows from an 18xx is, oh, you have a company and you buy stocks. That's it. There's no trains. There's no rail lines. There's none of the other factors that make 18xx so exciting. No, wait, the theme is different, but the mechanism is, is there. I mean, it's it's stock manipulation. The, yeah, but stock dif- manipulations exist in tons of other games. Wildcats, is for, exa- for instance, has buying and selling of shares. And Panamax, no? Yeah, but not in the same way. This is a copy-paste That's of what I was uh, stock say. manipulation yeah. of an 18xx game. Yeah, like in Panamax, it doesn't matter if I buy, like... It's a very simplistic thing. We all start at the same point on the share market, and it only gets manipulated if you buy or sell. Um, in Wildcatters, they call it stock manipulation, but it's more area control in different colors. It has nothing to do. It's like who has the most of each color. It's, it's not really about stock manipulation. It does sound like it's taking that, but um, that being said, there are other games. I mean, I don't know, like speculation, uh, stockpile. Like, there's a bunch of games about stock manipulation, but I haven't played City of the Big Shoulders. So I can't... No, I'm, okay, so I'm telling you, the, the stock manipulation in City of the Big Shoulders is a copy-paste of 1846. Okay, all right. So it's, it's exactly that. So, uh, but, it's like stock, your, but it's like stock round, but no ORs, no operational rounds? There are operational rounds that, you are, uh, that are playing in a Euro style, okay. the worker placement uh, phase. So it's like they took so, one out of three phases from 1846 and then filled in the others with another game. Uh, yes, but I believe the main, I mean, do you really enjoy the operation round in 18xx games? Like, I mean, that was, that was my third point here that I liked in this game, that they got rid of the fiddly find the right hexagon phase of 18xx operation phase. No, I, I like, I like phase. building the track. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It, it's not, okay, I wouldn't say it's not nice. It's nice, but it takes a lot of time, right? No, the, pro- I mean, the problem is, the problem is, um, the end of the game, the last 15 to 20% of an 18xx game, where you're basically just counting the same track over and yeah. over again with minor changes. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning of the game, when you're deciding how to go, if you're going to cut off someone, grab the last position on a station. It's really fun. Like, it, it's, yeah. it's at least half the fun for me. Good point. Good point. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. So these three were my uh, uh, 
plus points and what I didn't like uh, first of all were, were the colors I was thinking about it uh, the colors the, yeah the <laughs> it's a base background where the resources are brown for wood which thematically is correct right and black for coal <laughs> yes thematically wood is brown <laughs> yeah and and coal is black mm-hmm. but it's so hard for me to distinguish between the wood and the coal in this game it's prettier than arkwright <laughs> Yeah, it rem- no, it's not. It has more color than Arkwright. Really? I mean, I'm looking it at it. It has pink and blue. It looks a lot like Arkwright, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I think if I wasn't so familiar with Arkwright and you showed me this picture, it even has the little gray pegs worker guys. What is this? Look at this. Mm-hmm. Aren't these guys from Arkwright? <laughs> to, be on- to be honest, the, the, ar- the art is nice, but... Uh... I mean, if the coal was, no, let's say if the wood was red, I would be really this happy. This makes no art. fucking sense. But it, <laughs> okay, but, <laughs> if the wood okay, was red, is, it would throw me off so much. What about, I know, that, I'd be what like, about oh, this Berg? is, what about this if is the coal was red? This is brick, Berg. exactly. Like, it'd be super Thank weird. Thank you, Dima. Yeah, or cherry tree. What? Okay, cherry so it's one that just makes the coal Berg red, because when it burns, it goes red. Cherry tree. Okay, what's your next point? <laughs> Make it purple and call it purple heart. <laughs> and use okay. actual purple heart for the cubes. Imagine imagine actually rebuilding Chicago out of purple hearts. That'd be like <laughs> the coolest fucking city on the planet. <laughs> Pr- Prince would have moved there. <laughs> that was a good joke because Prince likes purple. Uh, uh, yeah, it's fine. Okay, so my last point. <laughs> And for me, it's the most problematic point in this uh, uh, game is that uh, one of the most meaningful decisions in an 18xx game is deciding if you need to withhold the money in the end of the uh, revenue round or pay dividends, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So in, in this game, this never happens. There's always a, a way to be able to pay dividends to your uh, uh, shareholders. So that, for me, it's a big problem for this game. There was never a meaningful decision in the end of the round because there was always money in my company. Maybe it's because the game is short, it's five rounds, because in the end of the fifth round, usually uh, my company doesn't have any money. But... Uh, this was a point that was uh, made also by Rodney. I watched his uh, review and he was saying that uh, he made this point before I, uh, the first time I, I watched his review and I, I didn't have uh, played any City of the Big Soldiers at that time. And then I realized that he's totally correct. Wait, I who, never did, who even said if, this? Even in my... F- Rodney. Rodney. Who's Rodney? Uh, Rodney runs through. Rodney yeah. Smith from Watch It Play? No. Maybe? No, wait. No, the guy that uh, explains the rules. I watched, yeah. Uh, from yeah. Watch It Play or Rado, yeah. the guy who keeps talking about his wife? No, no, no. Uh, not the guy. Not that guy. Rodney Smith has his a review. Wife, in inverted commas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who he, we're not sure is alive <laughs> or not. <laughs> he has a review on this because his patrons asked him to do it. I see. Okay, so Rodney Smith. Got it. Yeah. And uh, he was right. Even in my first game, of course, I'm an experienced, not an experienced, but 
okay, I have played 18xx enough maybe to know how to uh, manipulate the economy and maybe it was my skill, but I don't think, yeah, I think it's uh, it's a problem for this game. And uh, I find it uh, really uh, a thing that uh, they should uh, consider to improve. Maybe Listen, next, Rod- uh, Rodney hasn't reviewed City of the Big Shoulders. I will find it anywhere. <laughs> I will find it and put it in the episode All right. description. All right. Okay, can I tell <laughs> you something? What, what it sounds like to me? <laughs> it sounds like yes, you're please. unfairly judging a game that's not an 18xx game. Like it's not classified as an 18xx on BGG. Um, the 18xx community has adopted it as one of their train games, um, but that's not fair to the game. Like you can't say. Oh, I didn't like it because it wasn't. Uh, it didn't have the the same decision as most eighteen XX games. When the game itself is not claiming to be an eighteen XX game, that's what it sounds Great. like to me. I think you're unfairly uh, judging it. When you asked me before uh, uh, to compare the eighteen Lilliput with this game, I was thinking that the main benefit of this game is is that it's, it's easier to teach to a gamer that uh, has already played a Euro game. And so maybe, yeah, that's the, that's the thing, that it doesn't try to be something that it's not. Yeah. And 18 Lilliput tries to, to be an 18xx, and it is an 18xx. It is an 18xx, yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's for more ha- hardcore gamers, would you say that? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't played it. I just uh, like I don't like your review. Sorry, like I'm I'm commenting as we go. Like if I'm a listener, and I'm interested in City of the Big Shoulders, but I'm not into 18xx, you're literally just judging it based on how much of an 18xx game it is, and the fact that the cubes are brown and black. Like, <laughs> imagine that I didn't tell you this was an 18xx game. Imagine you didn't know it was an 18xx game. What do you think about this game on that grounds alone? Okay, I can step in here because I'm not an 18xxer. I've played 1846 once, maybe. And I'm not a huge fan of trains. I think it's pretty pretty well known yes. that I, I don't like trains. Uh, but that being said, I really enjoy City of the Big Shoulders because it's not a train game. So for those guys that don't like 18xx games... This just might be the kind of game for them. So you the mean like if you like the stock manipulation, but not necessarily the theme and the actual track building, then exactly. this is a good way to go. Okay. Because the rest of the game, the worker placement phase, it's really engine building. Like you're trying to get your factory as efficient as possible so you can make as many goods as possible, so you can sell as many goods as possible, so you can pay out as much as possible. Yeah. So it's, it's really trying to be as good as you could possibly be in each of those rounds to try to try and advance your company up the up the ladder it's it's not oh i've got to run my train out but now i've got to hope i get that right tile piece to be able to run the train in this there are basic actions which let you get a manager or get a a marketer or get a worker and then there's advanced actions so someone can take your advanced action spot but there are still the basic action spots to let you still do something in your turn. You're never locked out of the game for very long. Okay. I like that. Thank you. That was really nice to hear. Yeah, okay. so, so it's a game for uh, 
uh, everybody to explore. It's a game designed by Raymond Chandler III, published by Parallel Games. Any game designed by someone whose name ends with the third. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was about to say, like, oh. One uh, thing I don't like about City of the Big Shoulders. Bougie. And, and that's because I've been playing it on uh, Board Game Arena quite a lot. And that's great because it keeps track of your score. But if you had to try and do this at home, you're going to need a calculator. Yeah, because those are some high scores, like 5,000 yeah. or something. And, and sometimes it's incremental swings of like 101 or 97 different. But, but is it is it just money, like like an 18xx? Isn't that the... No, it, everything affects... So if you pay out, your value changes, then your points change. And yeah, but then don't you, you just count at the end and that's it? No, but it's it's constantly fluctuating. It's weird. <laughs> no, no, wait, wait, wait. That's a board game arena feature. Yeah, in, maybe. In a real maybe. game, in a real game, you wouldn't know any time <laughs> your score and your yeah. yeah you would Fair just enough. count it like, once at the end of the game. So exactly, yeah. Because yeah. if I had to do this the whole game, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd go mad. <laughs> okay, one last thing. The beautiful art is by Emily Deering and Andres Re. The only problem was the coal. <laughs> Please revise that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on record and oppose you on that. Like I think brown and black are pretty perfect for wood and coal. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, make any know. sense. To I'm change. getting old. <laughs> well, thank you and both. What does, and that was the city of the big shoulders. That was great. Thanks for that. Hope you didn't mind me cutting in so much. I just, uh, I felt like it was one that we could dig deep on. So for for cities that have coronary heart problems with their deep dish pizzas let's take it to a city that does not have that problem because they eat a lot of sushi the game is yokohama 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 <laughs> i might have said it wrong yokohama i try to have such a nice opening there and now i feel like i'm just the man spent so much time coming up with this game and you can't even respect the city he named. Uh, I know. Uh, what did I do? He either goes Yokohama or Yokohama. <laughs> what what I done? Okay. Yokohama was released in 2016 by TMG. It was designed by Hisashi Hayashi. Yeah, he's the uh, guy who, who did Trains, which is really good. He also game. did the art for the game along with Adam P. McClever. Or MacIver? MacIver? MacIver. Why are these names MacGyver, so hard to It's like MacIver, <laughs> but Irish. <laughs> I had no idea Bard struggled this much with Japanese and apparently Irish names. <laughs> Everybody knows that MacIver can do anything. He can even do a game. He can even do it. It's MacIver. <laughs> It's a MacGyver's Despite uh, my Irish butchering of the credits. <laughs> Yokohama. <laughs> <the game. laughs> it's okay, it's good. <laughs> Yokohama was released in 2016 and is currently sitting at 98 on the BGG Top 100. I feel that that is a spot well deserved, even though there are, I have pros and cons for both sides of the game. The game is essentially very similar to Five Tribes in that your main action phase, you're going to be dropping workers off at locations and doing those actions. 
kind of like five tribes where the last guy that you put down, you do that action at that spot. Yeah. In this game, your president will do that action. So what I like about that is you're, what you're trying to do is you're trying to build up as many people on these spots as you can so that you can get the maximum benefit out of them. Each location has a one, two, three, four, five scale. If you activate it with a, a five power, you will get the most benefit. Then four, then three, then two, sometime, and then some spots with one power, you get nothing. So you really want to have your workers and your president together to get the best benefit out of those locations. Yeah, so there's so many ways the game can end, whether you run out of cards in your order deck or you meet the criteria that you have them for, I think it's six shops out, or you have all four trading houses out. There's so, so many different ways that you can trigger the game to end. You have to be very watchful what other people are doing in the game. Otherwise, the game can just surprise you and be like, hey, it's game, game's over. Hope you had fun. Uh, let's count your points. Mm. So you really want to be paying attention the whole time what everyone else is doing. But at the same time, you aren't trying to screw people in this game. You're really focusing on what you have to do. Now, what I find that I don't like about this game, and I played it with two players, three players, and four players. I find at four players, the board is just too big. Mm. there's just too many locations to travel around mm -hmm. two players there's not enough locations to travel around three that's the sweet spot i don't know i played it with uh ipo and elias mm. yeah. i don't know how you guys feel about that bgg agrees with you 71.5 percent vote that three is the best player count with four players it's very crowded it's a different game you can block other people i played it last tuesday with four players it was interesting I've only played it with three, so I can't. I've played it three times with three players, but uh, I can't really comment on the other player count. Yeah, with four players, you three of three other players can surround the one player's president, and that president can't move <laughs> for the turn. I mean, it takes a lot I of mean, coordination. I mean, you can move, but you're gonna have but... to pay out of your fucking nose, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah well, no, move, you yeah. can't move. You can only return them to your hand because you can't move them out of a president can't cross another president's path. So if you're surrounded. Just, no, you can move. No, you, you, can. you just get, cannot land. Yeah. You cannot land on a you, can move through. you just have to pay one yen to them. Oh, you yeah. see, the problem is I never have money. <laughs> <laughs> so what that, you're that, saying that is, might be why. is so true. Yeah. I, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I always avoid doing that. I mean, I have never, maybe I have never paid. <laughs> I, I think I pay, you to, paid me once, Ipo, and you were like bitter about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> guys who like who would you recommend this game to what kind of players just because looking at the board <laughs> never having played it don't judge it based on a the lot board. of options don't, yeah do not <laughs> base the game on the board <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot very it's intimidated a, by it yeah it's a lot <laughs> simpler than that board makes it okay yeah. okay yeah like when when ipo and i were first trying to learn it we looked at the board and we're like, what, what is going on? Because mm -hmm. there's the main pyramid board. Then there's five other sub boards on exactly. the side. Yeah. Then there's <laughs> the point tracker board on the other side. So then there's many. your own personal board in front of you. And so many icons, so many things. <laughs> so, and, but I want to say that all these icons and symbols are making sense in the end. Yeah, in the end. Yeah. But the it, first time I played the game... I didn't know what the fuck was happening, guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course. You can see the but difference. Very, I mean, it's a very the, easy the first way time to, I played it, teach. I had like 
one quarter of the points you guys had. The second time I played mm. it, uh, we were all within like 20 points of each other. Yeah. Like it's ama- it's definitely a game sort of like Race for the Galaxy or, or Roll for the Galaxy where you really need to familiarize yourself with the icons because it can really screw you over if you don't get it. And even mm. asking is not enough sometimes because so many of the actions are very similar to each other that differentiating yeah. them from each other is not super clear to someone who's never played the game. That brings me down to what I like and don't like about the game. What I like about it is that there's so many different ways that you can score that you can really do your own thing in the game. But what I don't like about it is in the end, you can just go on a wild point swing and get 30, 40 points in a turn and be like, yeah, what's up? And it could be the last turn of the game and no one would have expected that to even happen. And no one can stop you. And no one can stop that from happening because you've got agents that give you bonus actions and you can get an, another bonus action from using that those, those agents somewhere else. And you but, can that, just but then chain it becomes actions. tricky because agents are worth points if you collect them in sets as well, right? So it's, 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 very, it's very interesting. And also the agents themselves don't count towards your actions. It just activates an area. So you had to have pre-prepared. You had to have put yep. enough workers in that unit so that when you activate it with your agent, it's worth your time. Because usually when you activate an area, your manager or whatever he's called, your your president, counts as an additional action. If you don't have that, then if you're using an agent, that guy doesn't count as an additional action. So, How much do you need to focus on blocking others or other people's games versus yours? Or you don't need to? In a three-player game, I didn't feel like it was supremely important. But... It matters, but not like... Uh, in okay. a four-player game, it matters a lot. Um, I didn't pay attention to Ippo on the church track or the customs track. And before I knew it, he was at the end of the track. And now once you've no. occupied that space, I can't take that space. No, no. I mean, you, you definitely need to pay attention to what people are doing. But not necessarily in terms of blocking people. Like, have you ever gone to a location with your president? Not because you need it, but because you know someone else needs it? No, I haven't thought that deep. Exactly, I, have, yeah, I haven't exactly. done that me, either. Me too, yeah. mm-hmm. Because it's not a big deal. I mean, you can you can go the next round. Yeah. It's more like not letting yeah. the other person get too ahead on any specific exactly. thing. Like exactly. kind of, yeah, balancing and, and also, like, the goals for each game are different. But the mm-hmm. person who gets it first gets more points than the people who get it later. So knowing, like, oh, I cannot catch Ipo on this one. So instead of working to come in second and getting less points on that one, and then maybe coming in second on another one, I'm going to prioritize another goal. Yeah. Make sure I'm first on that one, and then whenever I want, I'll 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 f- finish the one Epo already finished because I'm not first. It doesn't matter. I'm always going to get the same number yeah. of points. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, my points on this game are not like super deep because I only played it three times. Um, I uh, I enjoyed it. I, I I think the five tribes comparison is apt. I think the more traditional comparison is Istanbul because you're going around dropping off workers and, yeah. and you can move along that path. Um, I will say this game is a lot deeper strategically than Istanbul. Um, my main problem with the game is we've played it three times and I felt like I've played the same game three times. Um, maybe that's, I don't know, people people like that. I don't know. But I felt like it's followed. I feel like the... The goals you have to go for are very similar. It's you know build build trading houses on industrial areas. Oh, this time build trading houses on administration areas. Ooh, like wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> you're just doing the same thing. I mean, I would prefer like secret objectives in that sense. Maybe, maybe. Like no, end game I, I haven't thought objectives. it through. I think of the three games, the one I would like to play the most is Yokohama. But I think the one that I have the biggest soft spot for is Istanbul. And I think the reason is, even though Istanbul is also repetitive, the expansions change it up a lot. And also, there's always the aspect of it's a race in Istanbul. Because in Istanbul, it's not about points. It's whoever gets the fifth yeah. uh, ruby first. So it doesn't matter if you're doing the same thing. You have to do it faster than everyone else. So that puts a little bit into the game to change things up. With Yokohama, I feel like it's it's more of just like who played better, which is great for a Euro. But when you're doing the same thing over and over, maybe it can get a little bit tiring. With Yokohama, yeah, it reminds me of an 18xx in, in the sense that uh, you don't really know what's, go- what's the score in the last round and you're just going to calculate True. and see what happens. True. I felt that too. Like in the last game we played, you know, I thought I was, I, I thought I did quite well and then I came in last. Like, <laughs> like I, th- I thought I won the game or, or at least second place. And I came in last. So, <laughs> and you're kind of right. I mean, it's kind of repetitive, as you say. I mean, the goals yeah. and, uh, are the same, or almost the same. Yeah. And it's all about efficiency. So, if you like these kind of games, this is great. And yeah. I like it. And I like this kind yeah. of games. Yeah, it's definitely a game. <laughs> someone like Patsatufis, your 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 brother-in-law, Ipo, he would play it several times and figure out the solution, and then just like destroy oh. that game. You know. Yeah, but th- uh, there is some randomness in the in uh, how you set up. Uh, yes, the tableau every but, but, time. But but he because, he yeah. would he would calculate. I'm pretty sure he would like make a sheet or something and calculate. Is it better <laughs> to go for church early or is it better to go for objectives early? There's definitely some randomness, but he's already doing it in yeah. Terra Mystica, and it has about the same <laughs> level as randomness as Terra Mystica. So because <laughs> Terra Mystica has the objective goals on each round. But Terra Mystica has a lot of interaction with other players, so it's it's really more difficult. So no, it's a very is... similar level of interaction. In Terra Mystica, you want to build next to people, so that so that um, uh, so that you pay less, but at the same time you're giving them magic, right? Whereas in this one, yeah. the main level of interaction is you're cutting through people, so you're going to pay them a coin. It's is it cheaper or less cheap, right? That's that's what you're evaluating at the end of the day. I, I mean. Yep. I know Terra there's more to it, but I think at its core level, it's a lot of that, right? It's a lot of like, is it worth being next to you or should I split off in my own direction? And Yokohama has some of that. So especially in the building of the paths with the workers, no? Uh, one more thing that uh, about Yokohama. I loved the colors of Yokohama. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I mean... For me, it makes so it's it's so nice. I mean, it's blue, and you you get some fish, right? <laughs> <laughs> you felt like the colors blended well together. <laughs> Although, Ipo, the, the tea the tea is green, so shouldn't the tea be brown for you? No, it's green tea, bro. Um, it's Japan. It's green. It's the leaves of the tea, right? Uh, right. Just checking. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's a good game. I'll tell you. That after the first time we played, I added it to my wish list on BGG. And okay. wow. by the third game, I took it off my wish list. So 
The point is, I think it's a good game. I just didn't feel like I needed to own it because I felt, again, there was a lot of repetition. But that should give you an idea of, like, I don't put a lot of games on my wish list. So if you... But, yeah. but I would like to suggest, try to play it with other players. You play three games with, with us. Maybe. 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 It's our, maybe. maybe it's our fault. <laughs> no, I, for sure. I, I would have to play with other yourself. people. But the game itself, I mean, I just mean it's a very repetitive thing. Like, all you can do is place workers and move your president, right? That's it. Like, right, yeah. That's why I said it's like Istanbul, but Istanbul adds the race aspect. This one is a much more Euro focused game, which is superior, I suppose, but it's a little less exciting. That, that's what I feel. I like the game a lot, though. So I'm glad you yeah. guys decided to start playing it and, and, and uh, pushed me to play it as well. And that was Yokohama by TMG Games. Well, thank you very much, Byron and Ipo. Those are some great reviews. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation. Well, you guys have been playing that, Dima and I bought a game um, called Call to Adventure, <laughs> the Stormlight Archive. Call to Any Adventure is a game that has existed for a while. Um, they had a Call to Adventure and they had an expansion, which was based on the name of the wind, which is a fantasy series with the first two books out. Patrick Rothfuss, I've been waiting for the third book very patiently for a decade. Could you please just speed things up a little bit? Okay, <laughs> so um, uh, whatever. The point is they released a standalone version with what might be, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's one of my favorite fantasy worlds, fantasy novel series, which is the Stormlight Archive, which the first three books, uh, The Way of Kings, Second book is Word is of Radiance, and the third book is Oathbringer. Uh, the last book just came out, I believe, Rhythm of War, or it's supposed to come out any day now. I haven't picked it up yet. The point is, I'm a big fan of the series. I think it's really good. It's a Brandon Sanderson series. Now, this is the positive, right? The, the two main things about this that really got me going is, this is a game about creating the story of a hero, right? That's a cool idea. Like, you're creating their origin, their motivation, and their destiny. I love that idea. And I also love the Stormlight Archive. So good things. The reason I haven't picked up this game before is it's the same designers as Boss Monster. <laughs> Which oh, is a terrible game. <laughs> so this game is designed by Chris and Johnny O'Neill, published by Brotherwise Games. Oh, I just got it because they're brothers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, it released this year in 2020 with beautiful, beautiful art by Adam Marin. Um, before I get into my thoughts on the game, I just want to give you a roundup of the game. But the, the main idea behind this, the reason we thought this would be a good game to review, one, it just came out, people are interested. Two, I'm a big fan of the series and Dima has never read the series. So I wanted to get the perspective from Dima as an, a person who's never read the series, what she thought about the game by itself versus a fan of the series myself. So the main idea of the game is you have a character, you're a hero or whatever you get uh, three cards in the beginning. You, well, you get six cards and you're picking three. You're basically picking the origin of your hero, uh, his or her motivation and their destiny. Right. And what you're doing, the destiny is actually flipped over. So you don't know what the other player's destiny is. So as you're playing the game, and you play in three acts. The first act is the, the the origin. The second act is the motivation. And the third act is the destiny. And what you're doing basically is you're taking cards and adding it to your tableau. 
right? So let's say you start off and it says, oh, your origin is a fisherman, right? Well, one of the cards you can get might be you became an ardent, which is like a priest, or uh, joined the army or became a veteran or whatever. And you can add those to the story of your character. There's two kinds of cards mainly you can take. There's a, there's a bunch of smaller stuff, but I'm not going to talk about them. The main things is you can take either a trait, which as long as you meet the qualifications listed on the card, you can pick it up and add it, or you can do a challenge. So solve the murder, uh, took on a parshendi, joined the army, whatever, some amazing um, challenge. And to do those, this is the coolest part of the game, is to do those, it tells you, okay, you need this amount of successes, and these are the parts of fate that you can use. You can use stamina and strength or whatever. And then you look at how many of those icons you have, and then you collect them. But they're not dice, they're runes. So they're little double-sided like tiles, basically. And you're just going to hold all these runes in your hand. Like think of like an ancient Nordic witch doctor. And you're going to shake up the runes, which are like bones, basically. And you're going to chuck them onto the table. And depending on which side the runes landed on, it's going to tell you if you succeeded in that challenge or not. I think that's very cool. Ooh. As you Ooh. as you develop the game, as you get more challenges and traits, you get more and more runes that you can cast. So that's the main idea of the game. At some point, you'll move to the second act and the third act. And then there's two versions of the game. One is just score, so you've got more points. And the other one, and we've played both of these, by the way, the other one is a co-op variant. So you do the same thing up to this point. Um, with some minor differences, and then you take on Odium, who's the big bad in the Stormlight Archive. And you both have to defeat Odium, and he has a certain amount of life points on him, and you have to take him out. So in the first version of the game, you're getting these hero and anti-hero cards, and based on if you become, you know, corrupt, or if you become virtuous, you can use hero or anti-hero cards. And usually you use them to fuck over your opponent so you get more points. But by that same... Handle when you're doing the co-op variant, um, you're using it to help your opponent. So it's actually very uh, interesting that it, it it really changed the the mechanism up depending on whether Dima was on my side or not on my side, and how much those same cards were able to fuck her over or help her out. So um, th those are the two. This, this is the basic idea of the game. And then at the end, you tell the story of your character. It doesn't have anything to do with the points. You don't have to do this. But it's the best part of the game. You go through, and you're like, oh, I was a fisherman who was sent to do a trade deal with a distant civilization where I joined their, um, their, I became an ardent in that priesthood. I got imprisoned. And then I got, you know, and then like you can sort of develop, oh, and then I defeated someone and gained some shard plate and became a light eyes. And then I was able to confront my destiny and fight the Parshendi when they became the fused when they were corrupted by Odium. And you're like, wow, what a story. Um, anyway, you probably didn't understand any of that if you haven't read the Stormlight Archive. So, for that perspective, uh, Dima, as a person <laughs> who's never played the, uh, read the Stormlight Archive, what do you think about Call to Adventure? Uh, the Destiny cards is your yeah. final goal or something? So, what, what kind of cards can you have? I mean, give, give some examples. So, you can become Radiant. So like, one of the things in the series is... Um, the Knight's Radiant. And there's there's all these different schools of the Knight Radiant. You can be a Skybreaker or an uh, or a, um, I can't remember them, Windrunner or whatever. 
edge dancer. So you can become one of these knights radiant, right? Or you can become corrupt. You can become someone who's enslaved in the mind to odium. Or you can just become a noble or something like that. So um, depending on which destiny you have, you're going to play differently. And the, the destiny lets you score points for different things. So you definitely want to be building your tableau as you work towards your destiny based on what your eventual destiny will be, assuming you can achieve it. Because it's possible that you don't achieve your destiny. How many different kinds of destiny are there, approximately? There's a big, there's yeah, a I mean, big is old there, deck. Is there, is there a deck? Oh, there's okay. a big old, there's a big old deck. Yeah, it must be 20, 30 cards in there. Yeah. Oh, nice. So before we started the game, Elias kind of just introduced the world to me, and and then we sort of read the summary um, of the world before we started the game. That's part of the rule book. Um, I didn't understand some of the references just because it was a lot of new terms like light eyes or I, I was I just integrated some of it into my storyline um, without always understanding what it meant um, from reading the book. But that didn't take away from the experience of the game for me. So I really enjoyed building my character's story. Like he was a peasant whose destiny was to become radiant. But then along the way, um, he ends up being corrupted by odium. And it's it's and I, I couldn't come up from the corruption. Like I couldn't become radiant and meet my destiny in the end. And I lost because um, I could never win the challenges. Like I, I didn't have um, enough willpower let's say you know so you can just build in the story into the cards and i love that about the game it's it's very simple it's it's not um a complex game um you, you on your turn you basically either choose a trait card which just gives you um different like icons or treasures or with that trait or you you face a challenge and um, one thing I loved about the game is the runes tokens. So unlike other sort of tableau building games um, or deck building, like uh, I don't I don't know if Elias is going to kill me, but um, wait, does Mage Knight have dice? Don't you dare. Don't you um, dare compare other, this game no, to Mage Knight. No, no. What I'm trying Ooh. to say is, like, when you face a challenge <laughs> and you need to roll dice, it, it doesn't have the same feeling. Like, this game, those tokens that are just double-sided, and then you're just shaking them and, like, trying to cast a spell or <laughs> whatever you're doing in the game, it's really fun. And and putting together um, your different abilities, it's... I loved it. Like... I know Elias didn't enjoy it as much as me, but I felt like it's a it's a light, fun game. It's half an hour. There's a small storyline that you can create for yourself, for your character. And like if you like fiction as a person and you wanted to get into board games, like I would start with this. I would introduce you to this because it's I I felt like the the motions were simple in the game. Like, there wasn't a lot to it. I was going to ask you this. I mean, it sounds like a light D&D for younger audiences. Not D&D. Not D&D, because you're not, like, living the storyline. You sort of tell your story in the end. You just, like, 
read the traits you get along the way and what happens to you. But at the end, you're getting nine cards, like three, three, three in every level. So it's it's short. And yeah, it doesn't play into the game. Yeah, when you're playing the game, you're just looking for the icons that match best. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, that's the best challenge for me to do right now. Yeah. Like there were many times as a fan of the game, I was like, oh, I'd love to have been a Parshendi as my origin, but I can't pick the Parshendi because my destiny really prefers me to pick this yeah. other card yeah. and start off as a scribe. So as a fan, I was upset because I wanted to be a Parshendi, but I was just a human <laughs> fucking scribe. And that was that was disappointing to me. As a non-fan, I was fo focused on my destiny. <laughs> So know your limits, Elias. <laughs> yeah, know your place. <laughs> it's not easy to become radiant to really get all um, the traits and abilities you need to 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 meet your destiny in the end. Nor should it. Um, <laughs> co-op helped with that, but what happened in our last co-op is that Elias was trying to help me reach my destiny, and then in the end. Um, I didn't reach mine. He didn't reach his, so we couldn't defeat Odium. Like he wasn't strong enough. So I understand. I understand that this is a thirty minutes game. But uh, would anybody say, okay, let's play this again? Yeah. After yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so light. Um, it's to, just to have the experience of a new story. For sure, your yeah. story is very 100%. different. Very different. Nice. Like my my, my two cents is this is not a bad game in any shape, will or form. Like. It's a good game, but it's not staying in the collection. And the reason is it's just a little too light for me. Ooh. First, so, 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 so positively, it's beautiful. If you like the Stormlight Archive, if you love the Stormlight Archive and that's enough for you to like a game, just the theme. Like, for example, I adore Firefly, but I don't own Firefly anymore because I didn't enjoy the gameplay enough to keep the game. So... That's the same reason I got this game. I adore the Stormlight Archive. But the gameplay was not enough for me to keep the game. Um, I think it's a very solid game. And another thing that you could really use it for is if you play a ton of D&D, &D, this is a really good way to create backstories for NPC characters, like non-player characters. So if you're, if you're DMing, you could, you could play a quick game of this, and then you could literally have two characters that have awesome full stories from their origin to their destinies and you can integrate those into your story instead of having to come out with a full life for every npc character you have to create as a dm so i really see a use of that but i'm not usually a dm uh usually it's Eugenio or ak who's dming uh, all the rpgs i'm playing so it's not like i don't think i'm going to use a lot but the game is good and and really the best thing i can say is this is a huge step up from boss monster I mean, <laughs> I mean, like Boss Monster, I tried so hard to like it because I love the art. It was a terrible game. It's just so fucking uh. shit. Oh, my God. It's ass. Like, the game sucks, right? But this game is not. It's, it's a solid game. Do you know that there are expansions for Boss, Boss Monster? I do know that, <laughs> yes. And have you tried them all? No, I have not. <laughs> so, um, this game... I liked it, um, but I didn't like it enough to keep it. I'm not upset that I bought it. I, I enjoyed my gameplays of it, but I can 
See, I'd, I, I'd like to play something else. And maybe part of the reason is that I got the Stormlight Archive Edition because every story I created was kind of on a similar path. You know what I mean? Because most of the destinies are Radiants. So at the end of the day, you're probably going to become Radiant. And then, like, you're probably going to face Odium. You're probably going to, you know, solve a crime. Like, there's a lot of similar elements that run through it. So I didn't feel like there was diverse enough. Maybe this is better in the base game, which is just generic fantasy, because then it doesn't have the formula of the Stormlight Archive. So maybe the very thing that attracted me to it might have been the reason that I didn't love it. So that's something to consider. I would not persuade anyone away from trying this game. And I would not persuade anyone from buying this game because it's not very expensive, right? It was 35 Canadian dollars. So um, so how much in money? <laughs> how, much in, how much in real money? <laughs> like 28 bucks or something like that, right? So... Um, it's not an expensive game. You get a beautiful art. You get beautiful. You get to fucking cast runes. It's so much fun. But if you are somebody who is partial towards deeper strategy, the strategy in this game is extremely light set collection. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Extremely light set collection. There's no deep strategy. There's no combo building. It's just collect some icons that match well together. But the stories are great. And maybe I'd like to try, if somebody I know has the base game, I'd like to try that a few times to see if the stories are more divergent from each other than the stories within the Stormlight Archive, which I felt all followed the preconceived path of the Stormlight Archive. So that's my review of this game. If, you, if, you, if, if you're at all interested, try it. Like, it's a good game. Uh, that sounds like a good game uh, to play with my kids. Uh, the thing is... Um, It, it, it depends on oh, their compre no. on their comprehension of cards. So cards beyond just having a drawing and icons, they'll say something like, if you have X icon, then when you roll this, uh, you can pay this to roll this. So that they, it adds a little oh. more complication. Yeah, or if you fail yeah. a challenge, you yeah. can spend two gems exactly. two, or rubies. Two or experience, yeah. Experience, yeah, to try, try it again. Uh, so, so, so it gives they, you some ability. Yeah, if they can comprehend those, then yes, I agree. So, okay, older kids. Yeah. Yeah. But all, all in all, good good progress from the brother, brother wise guys. Um, I enjoyed it a lot more than Boss Monster. Gorgeous art, good game, just not for me. Yeah, no, overall really it was it's a fun game. Light. I I really enjoyed every play. Do you want me not to sell this? I still have it. I don't have to No, sell no. It. No. Like right. I'd like to play heavier games again. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> All right, folks. Wow. So that was Call to Adventure: The Stormlight Archive. And now, it's time for the game show of the week, Yay! baby. Yay! I've been waiting for this. Fine. Welcome to I Guess the Games Down in Africa with Byron. So oh, yeah. Byron today is going to be guessing what game we are in one minute. What so game we're, we are in. What game, what game world we're in, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to have two games each. 
The timer is going to count down from 60 seconds and we'll get as many points as the remaining seconds. So if Ipo guesses the game in five seconds, he'll get 55 points. If Elias guesses it in 10 seconds, he'll get 50 points. So, oh, if Byron guesses Elias' game, <laughs> sorry. So we're all counting on you, Byron. Um, Either way, I so still win, so. <laughs> just to clarify, don't use any of the words that are in the title of the game. Don't use any, like, proper names, like yeah, faction, faction names. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, who wants to go first? Or Byron, do you want to pick who goes first? Okay, guys. I think because... Elias is also from Africa. You should go first. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Uh, no, wait, wait. Go. <laughs> I, I'm in the place that we are from, and uh, there are all these mining operations happening around me. Mombasa. So, ah! 48 seconds. So, Elias gets 48 points. Yeah. Okay, I, I will go next. Yeah. But, guys, yeah. It's, it's hard. It's, you know, it's hard for me to to guess the games down in Africa. You don't have to guess the games. You just have to. <laughs> I I have to guess the games. You, you've got to sell them to me. Oh, okay. guys. You got your game. Let me know when you read it, and then I'll start the timer. I'll do three, two, one, go. Ready. Three, two, one, go. So we are in these uh, islands uh, on the sky, and we're floating, and uh, there is uh. so much commerce for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, things that uh, you need I to know, do, you need. I can't remember it. You, you need to plan in order to do these things. <laughs> you need to plan. Sky traders, uh, nice. I won't be sky traders. And uh, that's all I remember from that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's blue. It's a blue world. <laughs> it's uh, the blue world. Uh, because of the sky, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And we're floating, and it's. Uh, uh, I have no idea. Uh, and uh, what else can I say? Ten seconds. Uh, and uh, it. Uh, uh, <laughs> the best ten uh, seconds ever. I, uh, One zero. There's nothing I, I can play. I, I couldn't even play with a word. <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't think. I don't know if Byron's ever played it. Nor yeah. Oh, I've never played Noria. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay, so I guess I'm next. Zero points for Ipo. Sorry, Ipo. But I like. <laughs> I really. I love the description really of we're in floating islands in the sky, and there's lots of commerce for some reason. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> but it wasn't sky traders. Three, two, one. Okay, Neanderthals. <laughs> um. I have no idea where this place is. <laughs> uh, it's in the north, maybe. Uh, Senate? Um, no, no. It's uh, um, so it's is it the Yeti Gate? No. It's it's a place where, like maybe maybe I, I don't know. It's a lo- like we're in a location with uh, I don't know. Greenland. Yes. How'd you get that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know. <laughs> I just did it based on the <laughs> image. Oh, sorry. 30. 30, okay. And I was thinking this is a Phil Eklund game, but I don't remember the title. I was, <laughs> going to say, I was like, it's, but, it's like Neanderthal. Yeah, the funny thing is the series is Neanderthal in Greenland. And she just goes Neanderthal. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that's really good. 
All right, so it's me again? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me reset the timer first. Oh, boy. I don't think he even knows this Okay, one. three. Okay, you see it? Wait. Okay, three, two, one, go. I'm in a world that has no theme. The world is made of wood, and there's lots of flicking. <laughs> and, and it's not flick him up. No, and it's there's no theme in this world. It's just wood. It's wood, Byron. And then... Oh, uh, I know this. It's... And then... There's like discs, and then we're flicking them. <laughs> and I really want to cheat right now, but I can't. and there's two different shades of wood, Byron. <laughs> and it's going I, in the in the circle. And it's definitely not checkers because you jump in checkers. No, you you're play. flicking, Byron. <laughs> I, I, I know. know. I don't know the name. This is not a world that has a theme, Byron. <laughs> Oh, Kalas, I think, it's I kind think of, it's, no a, it's a disc Ten world. Seconds. It's a circular disc world. Oh, and Terry Pratchett's disc world. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, uh, one. It was Crokinole. Crokinole. <laughs> yeah, no, I've never played it, never heard of it. No, it's no. in the top 100. <laughs> can we all can we all guess maybe next time? Should, no, because be? you're not in Africa. It's, I guess the yeah, game's exactly. down in Africa. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, it wouldn't be fair. Like, the idea is... We all have the same handicap, which is Byron. <laughs> so, and it's quite a big handicap. Okay, now we move to Ipo. See, Ipo, there's a chance now. If I, if I can get you 49 points on this one, you can beat... <laughs> Just say random games. No, no, wait, wait. Let me, let me put the timer. Sorry. Okay, three, two, one, go. Byron, we are in a popular world, but I cannot really say many things. I cannot really say many words. I mean, uh, I, I couldn't. It's a very popular thing, but uh, there are where, things that I where, cannot say. Where words? Um, there are things that there are things I cannot say. Really, I, mean, I know. I know. It's it's a trap words. Uh, even more popular, very popular, like uh, Spyfall, like Hasbro, Hasbro popular. Not Spyfall. Uh, code names. Code, code names. No, I mean like Monopoly popular. <laughs> that kind of that kind of world, like Frozen Monopoly, not not Frozen Monopoly. Uh -huh. you know <laughs> Ten seconds. Uh -huh. Words words that you cannot say. Oh, uh, taboo. Uh -huh. yeah. You have five seconds left. People, you get five points. I'm just sitting here going, eh. And that's what made me remember. That was so funny. Oh, man. People did not change clues. Like, he just kept saying the same yeah, thing. He kept the same one over, and I'm like, He's like, like Hasbro popular. Like Monopoly. Like he could have said, it has a buzzer. <laughs> All right, are you ready for your approach? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm You're going to say three, two, one? Yeah. Okay. That's yours. Okay. Three, two, one, go. We're in Nazi Germany, and there are many people that are secretly. Nope. Uh -uh. No, points. damn it, I lied. <laughs> <laughs> and that would have been secreted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she said Nazi and secret after she lectured us. Oh, yeah, but not, not using Okay, so Elias is the winner with 48 points. Oh my God. I'm second with 30 points. And Ipo is third with five points. Good yeah! job, Ipo. Good job, Ipo. Byron, thank you for your efforts. <laughs>
Um, I'm glad to see that I helped Elias win again. <laughs> but there would be no asterisks next to his name this time. Oh. Oh. So that was, I guess, the games down in Africa. Thank you very much, Dima. It seems like you had a lot of time this week to prepare a game show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really worked hard on this one. Thank you, Elias. <laughs> oh, Ipa, um, we found this uh, place next to our house. They serve uh, Greek food. Souvlaki and gyros. But their tzatziki is shit. Like, yours is so much better. Yeah. Oh, it's not even Yeah, and I really missed you. And I felt like... We should hook up soon. <laughs> this is a family podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Used to be. Such a family podcast. Guys, you guys hear that? Yeah. You hear that? Yeah. yeah. Is it coming from the Greek place on the road? <laughs> yes. I think so. <laughs> Get better tzatziki. <laughs> You want the my most business. important ingredient. <laughs> it's time for the Hippocratic Corner! Hello. Whoa, It's so d- every time he does it. And it's so dumb every time. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody's expecting, you know, a big intro from me. <laughs> you like to you know, disappoint. Kind of, <laughs> I, like, I like to make things, you know, spicy. Like uh, garlic spicy. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, uh, in this Hippocratic Corner, uh, uh, you will be surprised, but I want you to tell me a top three. And this episode's top three has a theme. And the theme is, an asteroid will hit Earth tomorrow. You've been selected for the crew that will escape Earth, taking with you the only evidence that humanity ever existed. You've been assigned to take with you the three board games that humanity will know for the rest of the years. What games do you take with you? Whoa. <laughs> How am I going to fit that on the banner? <laughs> it's only three and a half lines of text. <laughs> this week's banner is just text, a wall of text. Like, I just hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I'm so excited about this one. I'm so it's excited. Top three games to save for humanity. That's the banner. That's the banner. I like it. All right. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, and uh, for this week, who goes first? I'll go first if you want. I don't mind going first. I can go first. Actually, there is a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> this was not Oh staged. my god, that's so bad. <laughs> Actually, it's... there's a surprise. No Did one you know, expects it... the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's so bad that it's good. So... The surprise is that I asked from a board game designer to provide his own top three for this episode. Wow. And I'm so excited for this because I know who it is and the other two don't. And I've been bursting to tell Dima. And like... <laughs> so, 
So this guy. I, I, I need to tell Dima, not me. Okay, Seriously. I see. You don't I see how we don't live in the yeah. same hemisphere. First of all, there's like, favoritism. But you I send me pictures of your knife every day. It's <laughs> a nice knife. <laughs> so, guys, I, I'm gonna give you a clue. Uh, who, no, no uh, let them guess. The, let them guess. <laughs> it, it it is the designer of the game Rolling Realms. What? Rolling what? <laughs> Rolling Realms. Is that true? Realms. Yeah, thank you. Rolling Realms? <laughs> is that true? What? Yes. All right, guys. Who, who, who's your guesses? Who, who do you think this is? Ryan Lockhart. Zima? But it's not Ryan Lockhart. Uh, rolling Realms? I, I, I don't know. You cheeky bastard, Ipo. Okay, Martin Wallace. It's, it's for oh, sure nice. not. Martin <laughs> Okay, second clue. It's the designer of Euphoria, Build a Better Dystopia. Uh, Stegmaier? Jamie, Jamie Stegmaier? Jamie Stegmaier. Oh, that's nice. Like, Byron said Stegmaier, and I, I said Jamie Stegmaier. So come on, co- we cooperatively guess. I, I, I said Sid Meier, like the guy that did civilization. <laughs> so I'm way off. So my friend, my friend Jamie, he... <laughs> He's already my friend because we have exchanged like two emails already. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's all. But James yeah, Stegmaier. I think after after the first email, oh. I already felt the bonding. So I just I just want to thank like of all the people, like I cannot imagine how busy he was. I know that's so amazing. Like with, with how like Stonemaier Games is and how hot everything is, and he took the time to answer our small podcast and. Like we're really grateful. I'm so humbled and, and honored. Thank you. I, thank you I, for doing that. I follow him on Instagram, and he he's one of the few that like reply to every single comment. Yeah, but like it's oh. it's one thing to reply to a comment; it's another thing to like come up with a top three for the most ridiculous top three imaginable, <laughs> <laughs> and be like, "Here's my serious answer to this." And I'm like, you know what? Mm, I mine think weren't that even serious. though I own almost every Stonemaier games, I feel like I need to buy more. I need to start du- <laughs> doubling yeah, up on some of <laughs> I feel so bad after my top three, it's going to come out. <laughs> I felt uh, I took advantage of the fact that he's a fan of top tens. And for the people that uh, don't know James Stegmaier, he's the designer of uh, Scythe, Tapestry, Viticulture, Charterstone, and the games we mentioned before. Actually, The Rolling Realms is a, a game, a print and play, that uh, he created for uh, during the coronavirus pandemic. Oh, the free oh, one, right? The yeah. free one that he released. For, yeah, for people yeah. to play with him uh, on Facebook. That's amazing. Or, uh, yeah. yeah. So let's start for with uh, his top three. And... What did uh, old Jamie I, say? <laughs> our old pal Jamie. Our old pal Jamie. <laughs> So he said, "Hi, Hippocrates. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for asking about it. Have you framed the picture? Have you, have, you, have you printed out the email and put it on your <laughs> Oh, man. I, I, I want a copy so I can frame it and put it on my wall. <laughs> Just yeah, change Hippocrates for buyer. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll, I'll keep Hippocrates so that I remember the most both confused. of them at the same time. If you ever had a lady in your room and she goes to the wall and reads, Dear Hippocrates. <laughs> <laughs> they're asking me what my top three board games to survive humanity. <laughs> you see, your first mistake is thinking there'd be a lady in my room. 
okay, that, that's not a problem. It could be a guy. We're, we're <laughs> no, no, no. There'd be no one in my room. <laughs> Oh, all right, Ipo, so uh, he said, thanks for asking about this. As for three games for the remaining humans to use and possibly share with alien civilizations. Oh, nice. <laughs> he added his own twist. Love it. Mm. Uh, I would select the following. Number one. Actually, there's no order. Okay, so I will just go through. Uh, first game, chess. Oh. For, wow. for the other civil civilizations to see the roots of human Tabletop games. Wow. That's, That's a good deep. choice. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That's a good one. Second game, The Crew. Oh, like the, the trick-taking game, the one we reviewed. The yeah, the trick-taking game, yeah, wow. the one we reviewed last episode. Wow. Uh, I think a cooperative game themed around traveling into space would be appropriate for this scenario. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm digging his top three so far. And his third game is Tapestry. Okay. Because... <laughs> Because I want the Stormire game on this list. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And it can Fair. be used to play out a number of scenarios for how to rebuild civilization. And a Civ game is a way to go. Like, I thought about civilization for my top three. So why not go with your own civilization game? So, yeah. Exactly. See, Ipa, I'm, I'm very upset because, you know, his list is my exact list. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to say, well, Jamie, if you're in that spaceship, humanity is okay. You'll make some good games, I guess. There's no problem. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, exactly. That's a good answer, by the way. We don't actually need to take any games. You could just make new games. <laughs> we'll, we'll, just, we'll just send you. <laughs> so, guys, now, full disclosure, I came with my top three after I've read his uh, top three. Me too. Not his top three. I, but, I, yeah. I thought, yeah, ah, okay, so it's different because I thought I was not affected by his opinion but now that i'm seeing my top three anyway let me let me tell you what's my top three and we'll discuss if it's a copy paste or something <laughs> because i was because i was thinking we they need these people uh, they need a co-op game because cooperation is part of humanity and it's very important if only. i went the other way if only, if only that was true <laughs> exactly <laughs> humans are evil people <laughs> <laughs> So uh, my choices uh, were Gloomhaven, Robinson Crusoe, and Seventh Continent. And from these three games, I would prefer Seventh Continent. So my number three game to go is Seventh Continent. Really? Uh, yes. Okay. My second game, uh, my number two game is uh, Dominant Species. Mm. Which is a game about our planet and maybe the young generations will learn something about how was Earth or something like that. Yes. And Evolution, yeah. uh, my top game would be a Civ game because that's through the ages. what it's all about. And it's Through the Ages, a new story of civilization. I knew it. Last night, I look at Ipo, I look at Dima, I go, you know Ipo's number one is going to be Through the Ages, right? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, humanity's number one game. <laughs> <laughs> or tapestry, or anyway, a Civ game. Okay. <laughs> so, so I went with a Civ game, uh, a co-op game, and dominant species. Okay. So that's okay. my top three. I think it's a very good top three. I think I should go next because I was also slightly tainted because I knew Jamie had given us his top three, even though I don't oh. know what his top three was. So my top three 
was going to be Wingspan <clears throat> because it has all <laughs> that beautiful wildlife. It basically categorizes an entire group of animals that would not be able to exist on another planet or in a spaceship with gorgeous art, beautiful details, and little trivia about each each um, type of bird. And also Jamie Stegmaier is amazing and give us his top three. So <laughs> I'm sucking up to him a little bit. Go buy Stonemaier games. Oh, wait, you probably already are because they're awesome. But thanks to Jamie, it's actually chess. My number three is chess. <laughs> <laughs> he he kind of fucked himself he... over on that one. So. <laughs> oh, man. No, in all seriousness, my number three is Wingspan. Because I, there's no... I couldn't think of any... One, like I thought of dominant species. I wanted something that encapsulated nature. So I thought of dominant species and I thought of evolution. But I felt like evolution was a very inappropriate explanation of evolution. Like it's really not how, <laughs> <laughs> like you don't learn anything from evolution. It's just a fun take that game. And dominant species was, um, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like th the names of, of the scientific things were there, but I felt also it was a bit too maybe doggy. To be dog, honest, yeah, my one, you're like, right. I mean, I don't know game about nature so i felt like i felt like if i could if i couldn't save all the information about all the creatures or evolution birds are probably the thing that's going to least likely survive in a spaceship so wingspan would literally categorize the entire biome of aviation and birds and i think yeah i was gonna that say that gonna dominant miss. species so is more about people that know earth while wingspan yeah help people that yeah don't know like exactly yeah Exactly. You can look at the beautiful creatures and, oh, the, their wingspan reached this height and they ate this. And I think it's cool. Plus, it's pretty. And we'll need color when we're stuck in a dark gray spaceship. Which leads me to my number two. It's Caverna. Because of all the farming games, Caverna has the most character. It has the most, you know, you, you building your house and your little farm and you're putting the animals together. It's a smaller homestead than something like Fields of Arl. And it's more forgiving. And you have the building of your cave as opposed to something like Agricola. So I really felt like Caverna was the one where people, when their head's in a, in a weird place or whatever, they like something simple. Like, let's be honest, Stardew Valley is one of the biggest video games of the last few years and animal crossing went completely fucking bonkers and part of the reason is because of quarantine people were stuck in their house they wanted a game they could play for 10 minutes or four hours right and they could just go around building little houses making friends creating their island so i figured if we're stuck in a place that has no nature no farming no green oh nice caverna would be the game i'd want to bring out because you could really get lost in it and you could you could disconnect with the cold metal can dark universe you find yourself in every day all day. So Caverna is my number two. And my number one <laughs> is Virgin Queen. Yeah. <laughs> I have a reason for this. Because I want everyone to see what a shitstorm royalty, religion, and other imaginary divisive borders did to the world. And hopefully we won't oh fuck it up goodness. when we're given a second oh, chance. <laughs> <laughs> what a nice excuse. I was going to say that's a shitty okay. uh, option, but, but, but yeah. You, no, you really because, because no, like if you think about a Virgin Queen, they're all like in the same family. <laughs> they're all married to each other. And most of them in the game are Christian. They're just different versions of Christian. 
and they're killing each other over like the slightest reason. It's like I took a Bayern and we both say our favorite game is both Twilight Imperium. My favorite faction is Emirates of Hakan. And Bayern's like, no, I like uh, the Embers of Muat. And then I stab him. That's <laughs> like So my point is, let's not draw imaginary lines. We're all in the same world together. In this case, the same tiny ship or the same tiny new colony. Let's not draw divisive lines, regardless of what we look like, what we believe in. We're all in this together. Look at what a shitstorm happened when we gave power to people and believed that their power came from God or was was given by birth royalty. Let's not do that. No more imaginary borders. We're all one. Let's not fuck this shit up again. Virgin Queen, my number one top game to save for humanity. That that was amazing, Arias. Thank you. I, I, really, I, I now love Virgin Queen for some reason. <laughs> Seriously, I, mean, I, I, I never thought about it this way. Anyway, okay, who, who wants to go next? I, I'll go next. Okay. Yeah, I think you should so, leave me for last. <laughs> when when I was given this directive by our creative director Hippocrates, <laughs> I I took it upon myself to ignore it and make my own rules to it. <laughs> oh, that's the first time. What's new? What, what, <laughs> one of those rules was it cannot be a fiction game. I don't want people going in there with their heads full of lies. It's all they have left of of our planet. They need to remember it. So, in my third spot, thanks to thanks to uh, cousin Jamie, <laughs> I'm tied between three games and uh, with with chess winning out of all of them. <laughs> it was checkers, chess, or a pack of cards, because the options are endless in a pack of cards. You can replay checkers as many times as you want, and it's a simple two player strategy game. But chess is just better overall because there's just more depth to it. Also, if you lose any of the pieces in space, you can replace them with little wrenches and sockets and why not? Why not go then? Because I was thinking with when 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 Ipo said Jamie picked uh, chess, I was thinking Go might be the way to go because Go has infinitely more combinations than like infinitely, but a lot more combinations than chess. So I thought maybe. But when you make your own chess pieces in space, you can be very creative. <laughs> okay. I've, well, that's a good reason. I, was, I ever heard. And one. like everyone grows up like being introduced or playing chess at some no, point you, in their you life. No, you are literally just talking about your youth. Like if I grew up in China, I would have grown up playing Go. <laughs> Not yeah. Chess. <laughs> or or Mayong. Yeah. Actually, like chess, because chess is from you know European and Arab origins. Like yeah, okay, we say chess but in ghana no one plays chess we play ORA growing up so in, in nepal when we went there everyone played bag chow nobody played chess so yeah yeah it's, it's it's it depends where you grew up guys so you're bringing your own you see these imaginary borders dima that you're taking with you into space <laughs> these prejudices will not stand they will not stand floater <laughs> <laughs> guys the only reason a pack of cards was not in my top three is because we are a modern board gaming podcast Exactly, that's why I like chess, chess, which is even older than a pack of cards one. Oh, so funny. Okay. In my number two, okay, I did say no fiction, and it's kind of fiction, but it's not really. <laughs> is Robinson Crusoe. Oh, you're breaking your it's own totally rules. totally fiction. Well, it's not fiction. <laughs> He's breaking his own rules. <laughs> like nobody enforced that rule on him, and then he did and then broke it. <laughs> 
the reason is it's co-op it's about survival it's all important skills people need to learn in case they have to recolonize another planet <laughs> and they'll know you t- you gotta get that fire going you gotta keep the fire going <laughs> the, they'll learn very quickly yeah well you gotta pick a In game that has a lot of flammable pieces i think like like a game that you could use as tinder so you can spark exactly <laughs> sherlock holmes consulting then, detective <laughs> in my number one spot i wanted to put through the ages mm. because it's very historic and there's all the leaders and you can teach the, the new uh, children in schools about the different leaders and history. But instead I went with leaving earth as my oh, number one. Uh, I, I thought you were going to say cards against humanity. Oh God. <laughs> oh, well, yo, wouldn't, wouldn't leaving earth just be every, everyday life? Every day, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boring. They need to understand how they got to that point. To I be mean, to, to, to be yeah, honest true. with you, it's like, it's like we buy a game called podcast and then clean my house and yeah. then cook. Yeah, house chores. <laughs> house chores. <laughs> work, work and house chores. <laughs> okay, I, okay, I would buy that game. <laughs> oh my god. You I would too. I know, I know you both would. <laughs> podcast and cleaning. <laughs> anyway, I thought my top three was great. It was so great. <laughs> but... It was really great, actually. Yeah, I thought about pack of cards. I thought about Robinson Crusoe and living. I'm gonna be the only one here that's honest with you, Byron. It was not great. It was. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not my best work, but <laughs> considering I only realized we were recording like ten minutes before we started. <laughs> it's pretty good for that. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I think it was the second greatest until we hear uh, Dima. Okay, guys. I sort of went uh, in another direction because I don't believe in humanity improving <laughs> and I don't believe in a utopic future where we all of a sudden become cooperative and good people, <laughs> okay? I think so you're starting I... to understand why Dima doesn't play co-op games. <laughs> so, so what I did was I didn't include any simple games like cards, <laughs> chess, a bonanza, like anything that you can literally reproduce Ticket to Ride, Catan, like all these games, you can draw them on a piece of paper, take pieces from the ship, as Byron said, and then make it. Okay? I'd love to see you do that to Ticket to Ride. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't know. You have coloring <laughs> pens? <laughs> so um, you can do it with planets. You don't need cities. So, okay, my... Three, the three games I chose are not in any particular order, okay? They're just three games that will, like, salvage um, humanity's, like, well, I don't know how to describe it. Who we, who we are, yeah, who we are as humans, okay? <laughs> Jesus so, Christ. <laughs> so, this is not good. So one of the three <laughs> games I chose was Arkwright because I wanted to represent industrialization capitalism like bring up your your like your stock value and then buying the most of the shares in your own company choosing productivity over wellness of people <laughs> i really wanted to show how um how much capitalism is a big part of our lives and how we don't really care Dima, about each Dima, other. that's amazing. I feel now Hippocratic Corner is going to be a philosophical corner. I mean, <laughs> okay. It, it, it reaches its potential. So my next game is Food Chain Magnet. Oh my God. Because I wanted, I wanted people to remember that in space, 
you can still create a, um, a, con- a consumerism, marketing, greed, shallow, shallowness. Like, I, I just want people to remember who we are <laughs> as a civilization and, uh, and uh, not forget, yes. Hashtag never forget. (laughs) (laughs) How we ended up with McDonald's every hundred meters. (laughs) And my last one is... Excuse me, sorry, but they will miss that in a space. I'm so fucking depressed, man. (laughs) I'm so depressed. (laughs) I I would miss McDonald's in a space. Exactly. So we need to recreate that terrible culture that we've created now in the real world. Okay? Um... And the last thing I wanted to bring with us is a little bit of history, you know? <laughs> and I wanted to show how uh, um, how horrible we are as oh human beings God. and how, oh, no. <laughs> how uh, egotistical politicians can uh, create wars across the whole world because they want to be the strongest. And I selected Twilight Struggle. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say this war of mine. Okay, but yeah, I haven't now. played this war of mine, but yeah, either or. <laughs> just, just that's very yeah, just nice. Just to remember how we didn't care about each other and how um, nobody cared about the world, guys, just themselves I'm so and their s- money I'm and so their s- position. I'm so sad. <laughs> I feel so sad. I just wanted future <laughs> generations I, I to know that when that when they have these urges to take over and be leaders and be horrible to one another, that they're not the first of their kind, that we were always like this. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the love of my life, my wife, round of applause. For me. Oh, the wow, person man, I have to yeah. live in a house with. <laughs> Dima, is, is, is your spaceship called the SS Trainwreck? <laughs> the SS Xanax. Because everyone on it's going to need something to deal with the depression. I think Elias should have went after me because oh he was like God. all about farming and utopia coming together yeah. in co-op. And I'm like, what world do you live in? Who are these people? I'm trying to make a better world, think woman. are going to space? <laughs> trying to make a better world. <laughs> we want things better, not worse. Dima's like, let's go fuck up somewhere else. <laughs> No, we're Why definitely... don't you just include space slavery while you're at it? <laughs> no, we're definitely going to fuck up somewhere else. I'm just ensuring that I that everyone knows that this is okay. This is who we are by I nature. I feel like you should depress everyone more by just taking Space Alert and Galaxy Trucker wow. and then writing on them, we're not going to make it. <laughs> Why don't you just put, bring in euphoria making a better world? <laughs> so depressing. Oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> Thank you, Ipo. This was really fun. I haven't enjoyed making a top three this much in a while. Guys, uh, yeah, true. I really loved all of you. You see what happens, Ipo, when uh... you make an effort? (laughs) Yeah. That, that's why I'm making Instead of top like three Euro games, top three Excuse me, Elias. games. <laughs> Excuse me, Elias. Hippocrates is the hardest worker on this podcast. <laughs> so, guys, for, for the next episode... Not the least hard uh, working. <laughs> top three games for four players. No! <laughs> no! I quit. I'm out. Headphones off. Let's go. <laughs> Guys, seriously, I mean, th- yeah, that was one of the uh, my favorite moments for a top three. I mean, I loved uh, uh, your uh, way of uh, the darkness thinking and <laughs> w- and what you br- and what you brought on this table. 
And uh, need a drink. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to say that uh, if in this spaceship I was responsible to bring uh, the top three foods, one of them would be tzatziki. <laughs> Oh, yogurt yeah, would make it. Yeah, sauces, sauces, <laughs> maybe a yogurt, dairy. No, no, no you, to, you, put, you save, take the cow with you, so you always have dairy. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> and steak. To save for humanity. <laughs> Bring Caverna to life, And then life, the methane baby. gas you can use as fuel. So it's, it's it works. Sure. Uh, for our listeners, guys, please let us know your top three games to save for humanity on our Twitter account. That is at TT Sessions QA or over BGG Guild. Hopefully, by the time we're leaving Earth because it's destroyed, Ipo would remember how to say our Twitter. Even if you don't remember our Twitter account, doesn't matter because all our links will be in the episode description. Doesn't matter. We don't want you to follow us anyway. Guys, we're sorry if you have to go do something to make yourself feel happy again. I don't know <laughs> if I'll ever feel happiness again, but that brings us to the end of this tabletop session. Hello, just remember, if you're sad, friend. just remember when this episode ends, I'm still living with Dima. So <laughs> there's no escape for me. That brings us to the end of this tabletop session. Thank you so much for listening. Please check out our very active Instagram account at Tabletop Sessions. You can reach us through Twitter at TT Sessions QA or join the conversation over at our board game Geek Guild. And you can find the link to all of these in the episode description. Please rate us on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts or rate us through your Android podcast app of choice, whatever that is. We'll be back in three weeks. And until then, to quote one of my favorite writers and something to take with us into space as we leave the earth behind. God damn it, you've got to be kind. Say bye, guys. Do you, though? Yes, you do. Bye, guys. Peace. Bye, guys. Peace. Do we need it? Peace. A story by Demon Sayer. If you're stuck in a space with Demon, certainly you're going to need it. Also, bring a gun just in case. Table, table, top. Table, table, top. Can you count to ten, Ipo? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Can you stand up, stand on one leg, <laughs> and then raise the other opposite arm up? No, don't do it, don't do it. Let's start, let's start the game <laughs> show of the week. Ipo, can you uh, rub your belly and pat your head at the same time? <laughs> Can you can you can you do the alphabet backwards? Z. A little bit faster. X. Z Y X W V U T. Okay, guys, we're doing this. Okay, who wants to go first?